0: Hello and welcome to the Mighty Dad podcast. In this episode I speak to Mike Ling and this is ACDC Back in Black. conversation we've been doing this podcast for a couple of weeks now and all the conversations are the same to be quite honest in the sense that everybody everybody's kind of adapted really well to this and is getting on with it and kind of making the most of it and having a good time yeah um, i think i mean it's- I, th- I think that's just the people i've been speaking to i'm sure there's a whole bunch of people who are probably having a really hard time right now
1: yeah the probably yeah i think especially in the northeast like people are kind of you know just get on with it. Yeah, they just kind of get on with it. At the end of the day, it'd be, being made to stay in your house isn't exactly a massive hardship, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, <laughs> don't get yeah, me wrong; yeah. there's plenty of people I know that are, you know will be suffering, and you know, and uh, there's a lot of people there who will be struggling. But you know, there's a lot of people who are making a big deal. I think that probably don't know the bond really.
0: Have um, Have you been quite strict? Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Um, the be you know. The like our youngest, well, how like Gracie's nearly four next month, so she kind of like has a rough idea that she knows what's there's something that she knows there's a bug that she's not allowed so she's not allowed to like go near people or if we see anybody or anything like that when we're out for a walk. Um and Miles is like eight months, so yeah. um it's just keeping the kids entertained, which is not really you know a massive hardship at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. I think um <laughs> I I feel kind of lucky that I've got two, I've got one five year old and then two olders of 15 and 11. And they, obviously, I I think it would be harder with younger kids. Just because you've got to do everything for them, you know. Yeah. Not, there's, there's no independence there. Uh, but I think I've just got used to it. I've got used to having the kids that are more independent, um, kind of like self-sufficient. Really, can feed themselves. Yeah, themselves yeah like but, but I mean, also because I've got older ones, that was like a lesson that I learned in my parenting style was that I've taught my youngest to to be as self-sufficient as possible. So yeah. you know, just to make your life like part, be part of the team rather than us all having to bend over backwards to to do everything for you. Know, you know, he can he gets himself dressed in the morning. He can make his, he can make his own breakfast. He makes his own drinks. Yeah, you know, you don't have to worry about t- toilet things. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. I have to give him a bath, but other than that, he's pretty looks after himself pretty well. To be quite honest,
1: yeah, we've kind of got like you know, not as old as fifteen, but kind of you know, Grace, Grace, he's kind of like pretty self sufficient now. Apart from asking for stuff that you can't get, or yeah. but then on the other end of the scale, you know, Miles is like not even crawling yet, so yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, she, she works about with them all the time it. and stuff. So you know, it's pretty good. Yeah. Cool.
0: I think I think that's quite a big thing. Like, uh, if anyone's listening that wants a tip, is if you've got kids about that age, like four, five, six, like really try and teach them a whole bunch of stuff that um, that takes the pressure off of you.
1: Like, I'm still bo- Like, it, it still shocks the crap out of me how quickly that they do, like, learn and pick stuff you up. You know, like, if you show them, like, I just described, like, a Gracie, like, a couple of weeks ago, just she wanted to put something, like, on the telly or turn the telly off, sorry. And I said, oh, well, just pick the little remote up and press this. And the next thing I know, it was, like, all done and stuff. And off she went. And I was like, like I know it's, like, such a small thing, but I, it's, I still sometimes look at her, like, you know, like, one years old, where, you know, she can, she learns and picks stuff up so unbelievably quickly. I'm insanely jealous of it.
0: Yeah. I, f- I find that like, uh, the mothers, mothers mother them too much and like tried to do everything for them. My miss giving Give me a funny face now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but <laughs> fathers father them and like that. No, you can do that yourself. You can just do that yourself. I
1: Let's think it's, you it. it's like I always joke about, like my mom misses that she she's like, oh, you know, you like you're not bothered what happened to them and stuff like that. I was like, no, we're just like I need to be an opposite end of the spectrum for to you to balance it out.
0: Yeah. Also, they need to they need they they need to like mess up. They need to make mistakes so that they learn, rather than like just wrapping them in cotton wool and never letting them fuck yeah. up, basically. Yeah, I know. And even, even if it's something as simple as that, like they just like pick the wrong channel on the TV remote, like that. They, like yeah. they'll very quickly they'll very quickly figure out how to find the channels they want or the you know the, the apps they want on the TV yeah. or the computer. Or it's, the fact, like I love it when they kind of like to do something, and the first reaction
1: that they can do is like turn around and look at you. And you're like, <laughs> like that, that worked. Yeah, yeah. Or like oh, have I fucked that up? No, no. Keep going. You're all right. <laughs> No, as long as nothing as long as nothing's on fire we'll be okay
0: um so i think i thought an interesting thing to talk to you about was that you've been you've had an online business for as long as i can remember as long as i've known you yes yeah,
1: yeah yeah 11 um, years this year
0: 11 years yeah we've been going nice. for 11 years this year nice congratulations um so, what are you making of all of these people in kind of our, our industry, the fitness industry, the nutrition industry, all suddenly realizing they've got to jump on the on the online thing? But they're like, in eleven years, how many, like we said about the kids, how many mistakes have you made? How how much have you refined your business to get to the point where you are now? Wow. And it's got all, you got you got all these people jumping in, thinking they're going to suddenly, oh, I'm going to I'm going to take over this space, but you're you're you can't because there's people like. Mike, who've been doing it for 11 years and have already got it down. It's
1: I think overall across the board, um, from like I'm t- obviously talking about like PTs, trainers, nutritionists, mm. co- coaching in general.
0: Just think, like the health industry.
1: Yeah, like the health industry. I think it's a, overall a good thing because it's going to teach a lot of people the really hard lesson of adapt or die. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes for everybody. Like, I'm not like saying this from a pedestal or anything like that. Everybody's business is being impacted, you know? Like, for us, for example, um all due to two massive competitions cancelled. All the worlds, all the events, like all uh, Masters in Vegas, like everything was cancelled. Which is obviously like the biggest competitions in the year are generally, you know, revenue drivers for us. Like same as the yeah, people yeah, yeah. People okay.
0: Like so you, you like that's a big revenue for you in the sense that you get people signing up for programs leading up to competitions.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. like don't, some athletes use this year round. Some just use this coming. or we get like new business where people like you know what I want to make a really good run at worlds this year i'm yeah. gonna like do everything i can um but that's all gone so we've had a kind of like just our like our model and stuff like that and even just to just how we program and things like that like even yeah. like in the early days of lockdown and where there was no food and stuff like that it's no good telling people to go out and get specific types of things to eat at specific times where they're like look i can't even get toilet roll bro there's no chance that i'm getting steak <laughs> you know like look, um so there was all, like a, le- a steep learning curve, I think, for everybody uh the the negative side of it is i think that a lot of people have kind of just gone to jump online and just expect people to come to them and start paying yeah. for work doing workouts and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i was like look like if you've been a local pt based in gyms and things like that which is absolutely awesome you've got no like online presence like you were not going to be able to jump into this hyper competitive space mm. and just hit the ground run and expect not hit the ground run, but expecting people to charge from the get go—it doesn't work like that.
0: Um, well, yeah, just expect to match your old revenue. It's not going yeah, to happen. you you basically start from scratch, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah you, you, so, you, might, you might have a, cer- a certain percentage of your clientele might might come on board, um, but I imagine what most people did is well they probably massively underpriced because they were they panicked. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? You'd like because uh, because they cause they leapt into it into this like new business without really doing the research or having the time to to build it up slowly. Yeah, I imagine that a lot of people have massively undercharged, and you've set yourself up. The the other thing I noticed was, which is good. I mean, it's good in a way that people were giving stuff away for free, but a lot of people were giving a lot of stuff away for free. Yeah, and then and then from a business perspective, like what are you left with? Yeah, and. I, <laughs>
1: I know there's a lot of people go around at the moment and say you should never do things for free and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm at the opposite end of that because I did so much for free, like, mm. when I started, that allowed me to build, like, a reputation in the client base. And just that I know it's a dirty word, but exposure. And I did use it for it. Like, don't get me wrong, I don't think you should absolutely rinse yourself and not be able to pay your mortgage and all that kind of stuff. Like, your business model needs to be viable. Um, but the other side of the coin is that I, if you give something away for free, that's exactly what people value it at.
0: Mm. Oh, a hundred percent. Like how, how many you probably have the same problem? I don't know how many times I've like given my wife advice fitness or health advice or food advice and it just falls on deaf ears. And then she'll come, she'll come to me. Uh, she'll come to me in like months later or even years later and be like, somebody said this to do this. And I'm just like, I told you that three, three years ago, mm-hmm. so you could, you could be three years, three years along the road. Yeah. Already.
1: Well, <laughs> this is not matter always surprises a lot of people is that my wife does slimming world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, but-, but Yeah. But you're, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. I get it, um, but to, but to, to them, it's the yeah. yeah and don't get
1: me them. wrong; like, it, and she's got great results with it and stuff like that, and it's slightly modified and things like that. But um, the reason being is because of obviously, like, it's proximity bias. Like, my wife will argue with me on nutrition stuff mm. and try and tell me that, like, no, that's not right, or this isn't right. And I was yeah. like, like, I love you to death, you know. You I mean you are an absolutely amazing woman, but your opinion on nutrition is worth fuck all. Like, yeah. um, and but when we said that's because like we're married and we've been together for 10 years and all that kind of stuff. And but when we first started going out, she did do plans from me and stuff like that. But that was when she, you know, was, wasn't was so readily to tell me to piss off But I yeah. told, told her that she couldn't have a curly whirly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's completely. And I think a lot of people like the need that buy in, you know, yeah. like I still get mm-hmm. loads of emails from people and go, Well, how much is coaching? I go to this. And they go oh, well. So and so is doing it for twenty pound, and I was like, "Well, go go with them. Like, you will get like that's no problem at all. Like, you will get a twenty pound service." And yeah. I think we're really really cheap in the marketplace. Uh, not cheap, but like we're underpriced for what we do. I know that. Mm. Um, mm. I should take my own advice on this conversation, really.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's loads of things you do You're the same. I'm the same. Like I, I, I quite often give people advice, and I'm like, I should just do that as well. <laughs> um, like. I wish
1: one of the things that makes me laugh at the moment is just like you see trends kind of like it's great to see people be really like inventive with stuff and things like that. But I think everybody's probably getting a bit sick to death of seeing banned booty workouts now, like our band based workouts.
0: Well, I mean, this is my opinion. With all the fitness stuff that happened, what? Um, there's a, obviously there's a few people with the people who have been doing this for a while, the online stuff. Uh, I continue to do it. Well, a lot of the new people who have jumped on it are just doing work, you know, like work for no reason. Like, okay, let's just do a leg workout. and we'll just do loads and loads of reps. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, it's just like a generic workout. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's like, this is going to, I hope this doesn't offend too many people, but that's just that's like white belt PTing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's like, that's terrible. Do burpees as many times. Yeah. That's white belt stuff. Um, that's if you're, if that's the stuff you're charging for and that's the stuff you're doing that like you're saying like you're getting you're getting a 20 pound service um like, yeah do, do you do you still focus on the niche of jiu-jitsu or is your clientele quite broad now
1: no like, I would like pretty I would probably say about 80 or 85% of our client base is jiu-jitsu or mma related just because we mm. kind of like just built up in that space we kind of like fell into it and obviously because I like it personally. Um, But we still work with athletes like all over the place. Like um, a pro hockey player came on with us just the other week Um, and not ice hockey, like, you know, like hockey, hockey. Um, And we work with like, more and more CrossFit athletes. That's getting obviously, um, but that's kind of died off obviously with you know what's happened recently. Yeah. Um, triathletes. Um, we, like we've worked with people from just about every single sport that I can think of. Mm. Um,
0: but- so I, I, I tell you what I've been doing over the last couple of years, which is which is, might be something that you should maybe look into. Is I've been shifting my clientele to more like executives, businessmen that kind of thing away 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 from sports and more into um well i mean essentially i'm looking for more affluent clients is the is the the idea um that's been what that's been working well for me um i think with a model that you've got that's just so refined it might be something that's worthwhile looking looking into
1: yeah it's kind of like there's a lot especially in the nutritional space out at the moment where it's kind of like you know all you need it's calories calorie deficit and that's the only thing um which is true. You know, you can't be the number one law of thermodynamics. It's absolutely true. Um, well,
0: all of it, all of it's like, if you break it all down, nutrition, fitness, all of that stuff, it's simple. It's very, very simple. Yep. Um, it's not complicated. You just need to give people a bit of a direction really. But the, yeah, it's the, if you're in the industry, you watch, you see the fads, you see the people trying to repackage things and make it, try yep. and sell it for something. Uh, there's, there's, there's certain people in the industry like us, perhaps, who are uh, just Maybe too honest for our own good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we, we could we, we could repackage everything and try and charge us money for it, but uh, yeah, I just kind of want to be. I just, I just like doing the things that work. To be honest,
1: yeah, I, w- I would rather sleep at night. I always say, it, you know what I mean. Like, you know, uh, it's kind of like the same. Like, you know, like in your field with strength and condition. Like, if you if we had like a, a scale of one to ten, one being a puddle of goo on the floor, and ten being Olympians, world champions, and stuff like that, to get like one to eight. Generally, doesn't require that much. It can be very simple and it's consistency based. However, to go from eight to ten requires a lot more attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: um, but the majority of people don't need
0: that. You need yeah. like m- most people need to master the basics. If you, yeah. If you if you master the bait, like um, so, just health in general, not breaking it down into one thing. If you just if you mastered your um, like nutrition, hydration, sleep, and movement, just those four things yeah you probably you probably need to do n- never do anything else. you yeah. never need to worry about it and people for some
1: strange reason think that like don't understand what health actually is you know like there's like they think it's like shredded Instagram model is like the epitome of health and I was like, well, nine times out of ten, their blood markers are probably terrible. you know what I mean like you know they're probably you know exact can't move very well and all that kind of stuff like health is like different that's aesthetics it's like a different thing but it's kind of in the sliding scale. People look at the eight, like eight, nine, tens, and like right. That's what I need to do, but that's not. Those guys are looking for like the tiniest, tiniest like
0: differentiation. 1%. performance. yeah, yeah. like one at that level is a lot. Yeah, whereas yeah, like the, the, m- most people need to just make their like you said the initial the initial twenty percent or the initial eighty percent.
1: Yeah, like. it's, if-
0: you know if you look at like say the like the olympics 100 meter
1: sprint final you know between first and last place 1% is pretty you know difference is the difference between like first and last place
0: but yeah, take- what what you don't see is how many people are there at the regional level who can yeah. run a re- who can run at around 10 flat yeah yeah you know there's tons of those people. There's tons of those people. Um,
1: weirdly, it's kind of like the opposite way in Jiu-Jitsu, I always think. Because, like, you know, I always kind of like class competitors of, like, athletes from, like, club level, local, national, international, and then, like, top, you know, like, world class. And there's so many people who are at the local level or national level who think that they're uh, already working like people are at the elite level. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, train four times a week. I'm going to be world champion. There's like, you have not got a chance. Like, yeah, you, know, you, do, you I, don't
0: realize what like athletes yeah. putting in. Like, there's, in, there's, there's 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 some definitely delusional people. Um, I mean, I I've got experience with uh, so Olympic level. I had a little bit of experience with uh, some fencers fencing, hmm. um, but outside of that, I, I, like so you know Olympic levels like i would class as real real elite level but I've got I've got quite a bit of experience with other other professional sportsmen at a fairly high level and you you don't you have no one you have no idea the sacrifice you have no idea the the amount of work they have to put in the it's constant it's like literally constant from the moment your eyes open in the morning to you go to sleep at night and like even the sleep's important like everything you can't you can't even fathom how how hard these people work.
1: Well, yeah. and, like, the other side of the coin there is, um, like, that's not – like, for a lot of people, strive for balance in their life, you know, between the work life, personal life, health and fitness, and all that kind of stuff. Athletes aren't balanced at all. Like, no, no, no. Athlete, there is no balance. There is no – like, they will absolutely, like, if, you know, if it's their wa- anniversary of their wife – and it's, you know, they've got to squat, they're going to go squat. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no... It's, it's, it's not a desirable lifestyle. Not at me. all. Um, no, no. A lot of people, certainly not a sustainable one for the amount of time it takes to become world
0: class. Even, even you think about, uh, so like lots of young lads and girls want to be um, footballers. Yeah. You have no idea. You have no idea how hard that job is. No. Yeah at a high level, that's like a, that's a hard job. Everything you're like, it's you have no free, you have no freedom. You're basically like a a football robot. Yeah. Everything, everything's scheduled for you. You're controlled. You're completely controlled by the club that you work, you work for, um, down to what you eat. Every, every part of your, every part of your weekly activity is, is taken up. Um, yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's so much more than you think.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I know this is not connected at all to what we are uh, being talking about for two seconds, but it popped in my brain. I have to ask you because it's been bugging me for so long. Um, was it you who I had a conversation with years ago and we were talking about what sport we think is the most physically demanding and they said basketball? Yeah, I always think basketball. Yeah, I've been trying. To like, to like, to like, This always comes up in like – conversation with people and stuff and like i like it changed my like my mind when like as we had the conversation like years and years ago and I was like I've been racking my brains forever and I think was it Andy I couldn't really mm. like i've been th- i was talking to um oh, I can only uh you know, Steve manuel um who yeah, I know Steve yeah. Man. Yeah. he was, like, I think I was talking to him about it and I was like I can't remember if it was Andy who said it but yeah, sorry. That was I know that was a massive time but I had to ask. Otherwise, it'd bug me.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. Basketball is. Um, I mean, it's kind of it put a like, lot people's minds at the moment. Everyone's been watching that Last Dance documentary. I haven't um, watched it yet. I really want to. Yeah, it's very good. You're like, if you're it depends on how you're watching it. Some people like watching it for the drama and just like seeing what Michael Jordan did. But like, you'll probably be the same. I'm watching it from like a like uh, just in awe of the athleticism of those guys. Yeah. Because a lot of people say like American football or um, freestyle wrestling, they're like the best athletes. But yeah. if you taught a, like, you know, take a take a LeBron James, for instance, right? You take LeBron James, you teach him how to defend a takedown. Um, you He will fuck you up. Yeah, like imagine the conditioning that guy's got. Yeah,
1: well, we talked like, about before, didn't we? With uh, John Jones, like he's the weakest in his family. You know what I mean? Like his two brothers, like he admits, can absolutely kick his ass. Imagine being John Jones and your brothers still can give you a whooping.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean, like a, a high-level basketballer. So you've got the you've got the just the base conditioning where they just they run and run and yeah. run and run and they never stop. And it's not slow running. It's not like it's not like marathon running. It's sprinting. Yeah. You sprint to one end of the court, then you just sprint back for defense, then you sprint back for off fence um plus they're just like you don't even have to describe their athleticism it's ridiculous they can fly they can fly um they're they're ridiculously strong um they're so agile their skill level is like basketball is just a pure skill sport essentially isn't it yeah yeah. um like their skill acquisition is 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 one of the highest on the planet yeah um yeah I, i can't it's just yeah, as a, as, a, as an all round athlete, if like you have to pick one sport. I, I really struggle to find one that's that's, that's more impressive than basketball. It's what, it's and just, mean, and just, like, just the sheer size of them, just the sheer oh, yeah. size of the humans. Well, this is like the other side
1: of it. Like, um, obviously, the discussion always comes up about uh, is like talent real? You know what I mean? And like I've always said, yes, like talent is a real thing. If you want to call it genetics or whatever it is, you can, you know. But I can. Work harder than anybody at basketball, you know, and do it fifteen hours a day, you know. And we've met him like in person a couple of times, and you know, I'm an absolute chart ass.
0: There is no way I'm playing in the NBA. Mm. It's um, well, I think I think you could, but you're always going you're always going to have a limit. Yeah, there, there's a ceiling, There's a ceiling on what you're able to accomplish because there'll be someone else who is um, just genetically gifted and yep. has that work ethic. Yeah.
1: And that, and that's the the thing, isn't it? That there's nobody at the top who's that genetically gifted that they don't work hard anymore. You know what I mean? Like,
0: so- I mean, there's there's probably a ton of people in the world who are genetically gifted but just don't work or haven't had or haven't had the. Break or opportunity, or they didn't oh. get the coach that gave them the inspiration to push themselves, or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's loads of people that fall by the wayside. I mean, oh, you okay. see, even, even in martial arts, you see people yeah. that are like yeah, you get young guys coming through, and you're like, "Whoa, if this guy can, if this guy can be consistent until he's 21." But then you know they they find Girl. drinking Ooh, drinking yeah. girls yeah. at 17, and you'd never see him again. Um, um,
1: but it's kind of like a lot of people don't know that the talented like, how many people are walking around on there who could probably like squat 150? like on the very first day, but they've never had a barbell on the back. So they don't know, you know what I mean? Or, you, you know, you've probably seen like people who walk into the gym for the first day and they're just ridiculous, like
0: straight away. Oh yeah. I've, I've come across, I've had that loads of times. You have loads of people come in and they're like 18 and you're just like, please, please listen to me and please just stay with me for a couple of years. Because no matter what sport you decide to go into, you're going to be incredible. Did
1: you just show them pictures
0: of Dan? Like Dan Strauss, for people who don't know. Like, this is, look what he was,
1: and this is what we made him. <laughs> well,
0: I, I think I think that's a, that's a quite a good example of someone who isn't particularly genetically gifted. No, no. Um, you know, he wasn't, he's, uh, he he's definitely got some things that people don't have. Like, he's got this hip mobility that I haven't seen in many people. Mm. Um, but I think that's just from him doing jiu-jitsu from a young age. He's just kind of, it's, stayed with him like that, that young that, yeah. that like youth mobility has stayed with him because he's yeah. always used it um the you know he has a he has a broad back and broad shoulders but a, the rest of his frame isn't very big
1: yeah kind of like i always uh like say to people kind of like you don't realize how actually like big dan is till you meet him like in videos and stuff like he looks like a big guy but you actually don't realize till you actually like See him in proportion to like a normal human being, but then actually see, like, see photos of him. Like you know, back when he was like a white belt and blue belt, you know, he was like seventy kilos, and it was like you don't understand.
0: Like that was ten years, well, lo- probably long. Yeah, but he was a, he was he was also he will agree he was a child. It's yeah. Like it's it's very easy to go like oh I went from sixty kilos to ninety kilos, but you know you were 17, 18 yeah, to yeah. twenty to twenty five. I think that's like that's it's perfect for for a, from a coach's point of view. If you've got someone who's that dedicated through that period of their life where they are just oh, yeah. the body the, the, the hormones are just like pumping through them and their their testosterone. Protein is just teeming through their body, um, like and, and and they and they have the desire to do the work that you're you're asking them to do. It's like it's golden.
1: I always use like as a, an example, but a bad example of people of like I always say that people who are trying to gain weight at certain points are a lot more miserable than people who are dieting at any level. They just are. Uh, especially when it comes to like forcing calories in, and just like Dan's like story of that when he was really trying to push his weight up at certain points, he would weigh himself before bed, and then if he wasn't a certain weight,
0: he would go downstairs,
1: and, yeah, eat pasta yeah. till he got that weight. And now uh, yeah, like he was feeding himself.
0: But that, that, I mean, that's the one of the keys to success, isn't it? Like absolutely obsessed. Yeah. Um, but I think, like retrospectively. Uh, I think that – I don't know, you because you obviously deal with people who are trying to put on weight all the time. I I think you should not worry so much about that. I think you should just like – I think you should focus on enhancing the attributes and let your body fall where it falls yeah. as, a, as opposed to like trying to modify your body like in the sense that, right, in my mind, I want to be big. I want to be heavy. Uh, as opposed to just like, I want to be extremely fit. I want to be extremely strong and mobile. And wherever my body lands is where it lands. Like the the focus shouldn't be on the, on the size or the weight. It should just be on the attribute.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's something that my opinions changed of as I've gone, I suppose, gotten older. Um, And, come through the industry like even personally despite what i would tell clients for a long time i kind of had in my head that i should be around about a certain body weight even though that really like didn't matter at all like i was never a competitor or i was never going to be a serious competitor and things like that but it was in my head for some sort of like just brainwash through you know weight class sports like lighter is better and it's kind of like no it's not like it like i've seen it like so many times now and it's kind of it took a long time for, not the penny to drop for clients, but the penny to drop for myself that are actually, this is stupid.
0: <laughs> so, oh, I mean, I, th- I think in, especially in Jiu-Jitsu, it's, it's, it's different at the elite level where there's like, you know, it's not a big money sport, but it's a different at elite level where there's a bit of money involved. But I think that, that the majority of guys that do a small fringe amateur sport, yep. Um, it's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous try, trying to manipulate your weight to to the detriment of your health mm-hmm. um, for uh, for a you know essentially a poorly made medal and that you've had to pay for because you paid for the you paid to enter the competition.
1: And that's the thing. Like you paid for the medal, whether you like it or not. Like any, yeah. and more yeah. than that, and more than the medal. Um, but when you kind of like look back on it as well, like I always say that when you look back on it in ten years' time. I guarantee you would much rather be like bigger and stronger in ten years time than thinking, Oh, well I was at least I was light enough to win the Arsend Open in two thousand and two. You won't care. Like you don't care two weeks after it. Like, you know, it's different. Well,
0: I think you put you probably would have won your division at your natural weight, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, exactly, you know, and it's one of those that it's you, you know, I know we've had this conversation, and I bang on about it so many times, but strength matters so much in sport, like, and the martial arts just kind of want to run away from it and still do, especially like in Jiu Jitsu. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It matters so much. And people, yeah, so many I'm, not sure.
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it does. I'm not sure it matters as much as you think. I think,
1: uh, uh after like, apart, you know, obviously, I'm talking about like if two, you know, with comparative skill levels you know obviously in skills based sports, then you know uh, a skilled person could- well, I, I, I
0: think i think strength is one attribute of athleticism i think overall overall athleticism like being more athletic is a huge advantage but i think having just one attribute of strength strength can be beaten with speed and timing and sensitivity um yeah, and, and, and skill set but um yeah, I think I think uh, strength is great, but I think also it is slightly overrated. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, obviously, con, con,
1: condition, conditioning is king. Yeah,
0: conditioning like, is king.
1: You know, I, I'm, this is very much kind of outside of my lane. So when I am talking about these things, pe- anybody who's listening, please listen. These are my opinions that are worth bugger all on the subject. Um, but
0: same, same. And there'll be a lot of strength, there'll be a lot of coaches out there who are like, "No, strength is king. Strength is king." But to, um, yeah, I, I think if strength was king, then you would see. Strong, strong men and powerlifters and people that do that type of training just dominating sports, but you don't. I think you that, don't. Those, if, those those kind of guys actually can't cross over to very well to anything else. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, but yeah, because they're kind of like conditioned, you know, at, at their, for their sport. Like you know, I've we've talked about it before. Like people say, "Oh, you're fit," but yeah, well, fit for what? Because you know, it's got to fit the purpose. Um, but all round athleticism. Um. There must be, like, obviously, there is a point of diminishing returns when it comes to strength. Um, Would you say that there was, like, it was, what would you say was one of the easiest attributes outside of skill, obviously physical, um, to improve that will have the biggest carryover between everything? I know that's a very, you
0: know. Just your cardiac output, essentially, just, like, the strength of your heart and your ability to recover and your ability for your your heart to, to pump blood effectively and around uh, and around your body yeah uh, which is just your conditioning it's kind of it's the thing that no one likes doing yeah because it sucks it's horrible uh, the, but do you know what it's a th- it, 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 people don't like doing because they think it sucks but it also it's the thing that you can develop the easiest yeah it's when you're unfit it's horrible like when you're not strong and say you're for, let's say take a take a bench press for example and you can only bench press 40 kilos um it's not that taxing for you to slowly get up to 50, 60, 70, up towards a hundred kilos. Yeah, The like cardio can like c- cardiac output, the, condi- the conditioning component of it is more uncomfortable when you're unfit. Yeah. But you develop it very quickly. The, yeah, it's just, the, it's the, it's the going through that uncomfortable phase, which isn't very long. Uh, if you just put in the effort, you like you, you get you get very fit very quickly, and then it's easy to maintain. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to be I think, going I, think to I think it's overlooked. I think I think if you think about what kind of the areas that we've worked in, in the past, like you're looking at combat sports, people will rely on the actual skill training and that specific conditioning as they're conditioning. Like you you can't really get mat fit without being on the mat, right? You can't really yeah. get striking fit without sparring and hitting pads or whatever. Uh, and you just rely on that, but there's another there's another whole level to your to your fitness beyond that that you need to focus on it's more than strength. Yeah, and and and, and it's like uh, there's a good quote I can't remember it's from. So like conditioning is like your toolbox, mm. and strength is one of your tools, but you can't use the tool if your toolbox isn't sort of big enough to carry it. If that makes sense? Yeah, that's a bad analogy actually, but um, it, uh, it makes sense, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like. Kind of dropped there was um a match on one of the Polarises where it was Ben Henderson versus AJ Azagram. Um and obviously there was in Jiu-Jitsu there was a skill gap there. Obviously, a lot of people would say AJ had like a bigger skill gap, but the pace that Ben Henderson put on mm. him for 15 minutes drowned him. Yeah. Like he just like in the scrambles and the exchanges and stuff. It wasn't like, you know, it for for me, when I like I watched it, I was like, "This is the difference between watching somebody who's like a one percent athlete to somebody who's like you know an eight or a nine, like no, still a very elite athlete." But there's
0: a there's a again, this is probably going to upset a lot of people. There's a big difference between a jiu-jitsu athlete and a high level MMA athlete. It's yeah. a different sport, and the, the yeah. conditioning levels are so different. Yeah. I mean, um, so just from my move up north, I've gone from training in jujitsu gyms to training at an MMA gym, and it's yeah it's a it's a completely different thing it's a completely different mindset that guys have um where it's the strikes striking if you striking while grappling changes everything because you can't settle into a position I can't I can't sit and settle into um half guard on bottom and think right I'm going to start playing from here because you're going to just get your head caved in yeah you have to move. You have to keep moving. You have to move and move. You like you have to not be on bottom. You have to get on top. You have to escape. And you have to have the conditioning to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a completely different thing. So yeah, like a Benson Henderson versus AJ, whereas AJ's probably done a lot of grappling and is an incredible grappler, but you can't settle into the positions.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was a gr- he was a great... I'm not sure if he was an NCAA wrestler, but I really, know he like, wrestled at like, um, a high level, but it was still like a it. It was like, this is like... You know, just to watch it, it was just insane. Um, and obviously, Ben Henderson's like an amazing athlete. But, um, and a really, really lovely dude. Um, it was a funny story, actually, because AJ was giving him a load of slavery. actually offered him out into
0: the car park. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> what, well, like a stand-up? Like a straightener?
1: Yeah, yeah. So basically, like, AJ was doing all the, you know, talking smack and all this kind of stuff in the lead up to it and hyping the fight and all that kind of thing. And then at the win, he was still doing it and stuff. And we were all sat there. And then... Ben and this thing, like, kind of turned around to him and went, Uh, hang on, are you being serious? Because if you're serious, we'll just go outside and we'll have a chat. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it was like, uh, 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 went backwards. Um, but still, it, it like it, like it was a great fight.
0: Sorry, mate. I've really derailed your podcast there by random talking. No, not at all. Not at all. This is good. I like it. I, like uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm, I've had I've had the how's everyone doing during lockdown and, and how's everyone parenting during lockdown conversation a bunch of times now, and it's they're all very similar. So I'm uh, I'm quite I'm quite open to having random conversations. It's good.
1: Yeah, I, I do it. I do it all the time. At least you were. You know, I'm terrible at like talking about ev- everything. Like I, you catch up with people you haven't spoken to for a while and talk about loads of stuff before they hit record. I'm so bad for it. Everybody goes wild on me.
0: Yeah, but no, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm more interested in the, in the, you've got such a good experience in the online space, which is something that is just really prevalent right now. Like everybody, everybody's having to, I think no no matter what industry you're you're in, I think everybody's having to, you know, be more online, like their yeah. business has to to be more virtual than it had before, and I think that will continue because I think it's everybody's seeing the benefit in it. Yeah, I mean, even even like we said that people in the health industry maybe haven't quite all got it down, but uh, it's something I've been doing for, not for eleven years, but the last few years, it's something I've been shifting my focus towards a lot more, and I've been getting a lot more clients that way. Um, and it's actually a, I really like face to face coaching. you can't really beat it but you I get such great results from the online stuff because you can have more more impact and more contact rather than seeing someone for maybe three hours a week I've kind of got constant contact with someone every day yeah and it's it's much more beneficial
1: like face-to-face coaching is something that I'm always a bit jealous jealous about like the only time I ever get to do anything like it is when I do seminars which I really love doing because I never get to do the face-to-face stuff Um, and a lot of the time it's I get out and I only see people like in person when I do seminars, or, you know, there's sometimes I've coached people for years before I meet them in person. But there's definitely like, it's, there's so much of like, it's the coaching bit that's something as time's gone on, it's something that I still really, really try and like better in myself. That it's not the the knowledge of your, your actual, subject matter, whether it's strength and conditioning or PT or nutrition or, you know, contest prep or whatever it is, it's the coaching side of it. Mm. Like it's that's, so that's the- that it's scary and it continues to just like the more I look at it. And I looked at other coaches, you know what I mean? And I think, God, like how you explain things is amazing. I'm like a potato, like just like, <laughs>
0: incredible. Yeah, that, that, that's like a, something that I'm really big on. So, I mean, I've been doing it a long time so that all of the – actual trait, like I said, the training part of it isn't particularly difficult. The, the coaching part is a bit that interests me more. I like, Mm -hmm. I like, like, like uh, you know, I don't know how many years ago, five years ago, probably I got really heavily into studying psychology. Yeah. Um, because that's what interested me that like the, how to influence somebody, how to like leadership, psychology, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's the stuff that is fascinating to me. Um, because you know, it's not hard to make someone follow a program. It's not hard mm-hmm. to make somebody follow, like if, if they're already motivated to do so, it's not like if you give somebody a nutrition program, if you've got a motivated person who has a goal, it's not hard to make them follow that. Um, but yeah, I think changing somebody's mindset, helping them grow, like uh, helping their mindset grow is much more beneficial.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, I'm not changing their outlook, but helping them to see kind of like the, the way You know, like a lot of people, like especially like in, I suppose in like strength and conditioning PT, people thinking like six weeks, twelve weeks, all that kind of stuff. You know, in four weeks, it's like no, like we need to start thinking of this as like a long term progress type. Oh yeah.
0: So Um, I take so when I start working with so I still work with with some sportsmen uh, because I enjoy it. And what I usually say to them straight away is the first thing I say is look, we're I'm training you for your retirement fight. I'm training you. I'm training for like gsp versus johnny hendrix you've been on you've been on top for 10 years you've been the champion you're doing like your your 10th title defense and you're about to retire that's that's the fight i'm training you for i'm not training for the next fight the next fight is is just part of the is part of the journey to that goal i know
1: and it's i think it's something like you know and again it's like the psychology side of it and stuff like that it's it's and it's Something that like only probably over lot like the last couple of years I've really started looking into because I kind of like found out that I was doing it through experience and you know just finding different ways of communication with people and everybody communicates so differently and absorbs mm-hmm. information so differently. And where as an online business, the bit that we miss out of it is those people who learn better in physically in person. Obviously it's a bit different with what we do in coaching, but there's still those people out there. Um so I've started to do a lot more like in person, like Zoom calls, obviously is something that's you know gone ballistic for everybody recently. But that kind of thing, a lot of people for a talk where I was, especially in the early days, really just trying to push people through email. But it's just not the way to go for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everybody communicates differently. But yeah, I, I would definitely encourage all coaches to improve your coaching. Um, obviously, obviously, you have to continue to study all of the all of the practical knowledge as well um, and be up to date on what's the new research and what's coming out and such and such. But uh, like uh, you're going to get so much more benefit from your clients and your athletes by um, understanding people better. Yeah. uh,
1: if we, if we, like, we, being able to communicate your ideas, like you know, you you know, like guys like you are really good at this. Barry's really good at this. um, John Meadows is really like. There's loads of guys out there who can communicate like their ideas in different ways to who they're talking to. You see so many people who just fall into like a, a pattern of coaching and can't like they all say, "Oh well, you know, I'm not a good good fit for everybody. If you don't like the way I do this, then it's you, not me," kind of thing. And it's like, no, you just shit at coaching.
0: Like, yeah, well, it's you're you can't please everybody. You have to you have to you have to find your audience, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like your 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 style and maybe even your message and your way of doing things isn't right for everybody.
1: So oh don't, no, no, no! You can't coach yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, I,
0: don't, I sweat it. It. don't sweat it. Don't sweat it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I kind of articulated poorly. It was kind of more like hmm. you can't adjust what you're you're doing to adequately coach people from different backgrounds and situations and things like that, like rather than just saying to people, oh, well, just be more disciplined. That's not really mm. going to help anybody kind of thing. Like, you know, mm. eat less, you know, for example, like I'm putting away, I'll just eat less, Love, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, to, 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 you know, to you and to me and to people who've been doing it a long time, to people who's like an expert in their field, it it, seem, it seems so simple you're like you look at it and you're like why, why can't you do that why can't you just why can't you just eat that way it's so simple but um, it's simple to you because you understand it uh, yeah. and you and you've, and you've had it you've had that kind of um, thought process in your mind for years and years and years and years and it's just like deeply ingrained in there where some people are just like um, so I'll give you an example so the the, the, the when i started shifting my clientele the it's completely different. You're working with athletes. Athletes already have a certain motivation. They already have a, a basic understanding of the things they need to do. Whereas when I started to shift my clientele to people outside of sports, one of the biggest things that I that I got results from was like drink more water. Yeah, you'd be you would be ma I mean, you probably wouldn't because it be, it's probably more your field. You've, I was amazed. I was amazed at how like I just said like just start drinking more water. And everyone's like, "Water? Oh yeah, I don't really drink any water." And, you, they, and like, and you know, as soon as you start to hydrate, everything changes. Yeah, like everything changes. Um, your whole energy changes, everything, and and you, and, you, and then that's your buy-in straight away because they're like, "Oh, it's just like these little simple steps to completely change my my health and fitness." Yeah, um,
1: and it's such a different thing of like, of, you know, like we we don't coach much like Gen Pop and stuff like that. Um, but it's not saying that we won't, it's just that we, you know, how the business is set up, we just don't really market to it. Um, But the amount, like, I've had conversations with people who I was was of the impression of, you know, slow and steady wins the race when it comes to weight loss, you know, in theory, not in practice. Like, you know, slow, methodical weight loss is, you know, the way to go. But I've had so many conversations where, like, with people who work exclusively in gen pop and PTs and very good ones and things like that, who initially get their clients to drop a considerable amount of weight and then slowly build up calories and get away with more sustained loss because you get that buy-in like, holy shit, I've lost three pounds again this week. Like they might do that for two or three weeks, but then it kind of, yeah. it slows down because they've adjusted things. But-,
0: but also that's quite easy. That's quite easy to do that with people who aren't, um, you know, like, athletes are different. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, general population it's it's actually very easy. It's very easy to make them lose, lose a weight initially. Yeah. Um, because it's just some, it's just some like simple things that they aren't aware of that they need to change. Like a couple a couple of adjustments can make a huge difference.
1: But water yeah, they talked about there, like straight away, like you know, people are probably just like start to drop a couple of pounds just by increasing what like the water that they're taking.
0: Well, it's just the way they feel. It's yeah. just the way they feel. That's the biggest thing. Like you're just starting to feel like uh, like people are chronically dehydrated. Yeah. The majority of the population are chronically dehydrated. I mean, you're working if you're working with in sports, you don't notice it as much because it's just kind of part of the culture right you like drink water while you're training and you rehydrate after you're training and like um electrolyte and hydration tabs are like fairly common you find them in like people in people in gyms and training rooms like that's not an uncommon thing to see but like in general population you tell them to take a hydration tab they're like why do i need to take what i've never even heard of one of those yeah um yeah, it's 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 a game changer for most people. <laughs> Just hydration.
1: It is, it's again, it goes back to those simple things. That sometimes, like even in bit, like you know, going back to business and stuff. Like I'm all the time. Like if you read a book or something, like how many times do you hear somebody say something or you read a book and think, God, I've stopped doing that. And I really should be like doing that like basic type thing, you know, like
0: in business or something that will yield. Yeah. Focus. That's, 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 my, that's my, that's what I'm saying. That's like master the basics and it works for most things. And, and, and like you said, it's like, it, it changes, it changes at the kind of top 20% or so 10% of people because yeah. it's like the marginal gains, right? Small little gains everywhere make a huge difference at that level. Um, yeah. But like, General population, like sort of that weekend warriors, people who like you know do sports at the weekends, or it's like a hobby. Um, yeah, you'll me- I've lost my train of thought to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's, uh, it's the basics, the basic mastering the basics, and it, it works with most things. If you're not not trying to be an elite level grappler, if you get to blue belt level, you kind of like you've got the basics right. You understand you understand position, the positions. You understand how to escape. You understand how to frame. You understand. Um, like regaining guard, you understand just, just like the basics it, if you 're not trying to be a competitor you 're not trying to work at a high level that 's all you need that 's yeah. all the grappling that 's all the grappling you need in life strike striking if you understand the basics if you understand footwork and you 've got a good jab and understanding of distance you 've got good straight punches basics that will take you if you 've got in a street fight the basics is what's going is what 's going to save you Yeah. Um, and it, it works for it works for like you know mo- most things across the board. It's the jack of all trades, right? So I've got like a I've got like a grading system in my head for everything. And you're right, you're either you're either shit, good, great, and that's it. There's three there's three tiers to it. And if you haven't ever done it, you're shit. Like if I if I go and play Call of Duty, I'm shit at it because I never play it. But it wouldn't take me that long to get good at it. But it would take me a long time to get great at it. Yeah. You know, I could I could play I could play for a couple of months and I'd be good. Yeah, but if, if if I wanted to play esports at a high level, how long is it going to take me to get from good to great?
1: Yeah, exactly. I always uh, I didn't come up with it, but I'd seen it somewhere before where they say at the Olympics there should be at least somebody who's never done it before and somebody who's like pretty good. Like so, you could see the comparison of somebody who's never done something before, or someone who is good, and then the difference between someone who's good who'd beat more like ninety percent of people to world class. Like you don't mm. understand the gulfs of difference. Mm. Um But I think, I think it'd be br- brilliant to see, like you know, me in the hundred meter final, like trying to run.
0: <laughs> but but you know what? If you if you'd started it, if you'd started it at. Uh it's very difficult now once you get older to start like really developing those skills to a high level but if you'd started at i don't know at 15 16 yeah, yeah. you could be good you yeah, could yeah. be good you could you could have a you could have what would be considered a good 100 meter time yeah but you're never you it's going to be very very difficult for you to start getting those sub 10 second times yeah there's a there's a there's a huge gap like all right there's a huge gap in the like golf in the amount of work you'd have to do to get that
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I was going to ask you while we were on the podcast as well is, you know, obviously talking about like business and kind of like, where do you see kind of like the like the gym business, whether it's commercial gyms or martial arts gyms and stuff like that. Obviously, like, where's it going to go after this? Like, I know there's like a big shift to like online and stuff that we've talked about and things like that. But um, I, th-
0: I, th- I think the thing. fitness the fitness industry is probably in a bit slightly better state than the martial arts industry. Um, because it has options. Yeah. You know, you can, you, you can, you can take a lot of the, the, the knowledge and the skills and the coaching from the fitness center and you can take it online uh, and it can be quite effective. You can't with martial arts. You can't really like, like, uh, how, how good, how good am I going to get at jujitsu or kickboxing or wrestling, watching tutorials, yeah. practicing on my, on my own. You're, yeah. You're not really going to get that good. um, that's going to be interesting to see how that comes back I think I think I've been through different ideas of it as this as this pandemic's kind of gone on I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel I think that like jujitsu gyms and martial arts gyms will reopen and will regain some form of normality I think that the guys that weren't running smart businesses which is you know you've probably been how many how many jujitsu gyms and MMA gyms you've been to over the course of the last 10 years like there's some of them that just aren't run well just aren't like which I mean it's that's not it's the it's the the people that own the gyms aren't businessmen right they are Ooh. martial artists and if yeah. they haven't gone if they haven't spent the time to study business which is kind of what if you're opening it I did I, I made the same mistake I I've, I've, I've learned that lesson I've had I've had a gym and I was a good coach but I wasn't a good businessman hmm. uh and when that you know, when that kind of didn't work out I was like okay I need to start studying business and then start studying business and um my business has flourished because of it. Um, yeah. I think there'll be a lot of people who aren't necessarily good businessmen who will lose their business because yeah. of this. Um, I mean, you, you, might, you must, you've probably heard about it. There's lots of gyms. There's lots of gyms all over the country that aren't going to survive this.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, like for me, it's kind of like, it's even stuff like where people have set up businesses, but not, and it's all being cash in hand and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And then all the relief and stuff that the government's offering is based on your tax returns and that kind of thing. Mm. So that's what I think what's going to, like, I'm not saying all gyms or, or, or even a lot of gyms do it, but there are gyms out there who, you know, as cash businesses, you know, might not necessarily have put everything like through HMR. A, a,
0: a lot of gyms, and this is one of the things that is kind of what I did when I had um, a gym, um, it's a social club for you. Yeah. You know, you, you set it up like a little social club and, and it's, and the community is great and everybody who trains there loves it. And it's like a, like that's brilliant. But the end of the day, it's a business. Yeah. It's a business and it has to pay the bills and it has to put food on your table. Um, so the, yeah, the, the people who have like have their, their business model isn't quite right are really going to suffer from this. Uh, but then the flip side of that is when we come out of this, the people there's going to be a lot of people who are very savvy businessmen and they're going to some new gyms are going to pop up and they're going to yeah. benefit from all of the members of the gyms that have closed and looking for gyms like um there's opportunity there's opportunity for there for people who are good businessmen to benefit from this yeah
1: um there's like you know if there's ever time that you wanted to set up a gym there's going to be a a few that are going to be selling maps and equipment and all that kind there's of. There's going things.
0: to be there's, there's going to be a lot of second-hand equipment going around. There's going to be a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of leases that are very, of a much lower. Oh, yep. What's the word? The um, yeah,
1: rent and stuff. Oh, That's obviously. Yeah,
0: rent, rents going to change. Yeah, yeah. La- sorry, landlords was the f- phrase I was looking for. La- landlords are going to be desperate to rent out their rent out their properties. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're going to get some really good lease deals coming up. Uh, because people can't – people people are moving out of properties and landlords can't – can't. I mean, there, were, there already was a bit of a problem with landlords weren't able to rent stuff, but they were because they were charging to, so much was yep. the problem. But they, they're going to have to – across the board, everything's going to have to change. Yeah, that's the thing. Do
1: you think that um, – like the private training space, like obviously we're talking like strength and conditioning gyms and powerlifting gyms and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, do you think that's going to increase? Do you think there's going to be a lot of people who kind of like have got used to – training on their own at home maybe bought some equipment think you know what i'll go in with a couple of my mates and get like a little unit somewhere maybe rather than going back to a commercial or i
0: think i think i think the a lot of the the sort of trainers that are doing a good job with this that have, have actually created a good online system a lot I, I imagine that a lot of their clients are going to want to keep that because yeah. i think it works better mm-hmm. i think it works better for some people um <sighs> I mean I learned I learned a long time ago that trading your time for money is a terrible business model. If you're a personal trainer and you literally charge whatever it may be 50, 60, 80, 100 pound an hour and but you're doing 8 hours a day you're basically selling your time for money. You're you're, you're limited in your the revenue you can bring in. Yeah. Like it must. It might sound good, but if you break it down, what's the The, uh, the reality is how much can you make from doing that? £40,000 a year, maybe? A little bit more? £60,000 a year if you were like, you're, you're really busting your ass? And that might sound good when you're 20 and you're in the industry yeah. early, but <laughs> that's not a lot of money.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> not a lot of money. Yeah, start to get like a house and kids and stuff like that and you start to think for the future, like, you know... Like we over the last couple of years, like we've started to change our business model because when I set it up, obviously, I like was the same. I set it up as you know, it was something I was insanely passionate about, and it set up, and you know, grew with the years. But it was me, which intrinsically isn't scalable at all, mm. which is a terrible, terrible. Which also means like, if it's not scalable beyond me, then it means my business is worthless, and I can never sell it. Uh, so it was as a business model, it was terrible, so you know you 've got to look at other avenues as, like as you grow and things like that, because you know what you 're going to leave for your kids or, or like you say how are you going to provide for them or you know do different things or-
0: yeah I, th- I think you need to you, you need to look at your business as a business yeah. it's like a it's, it's a project you're working on right you need to try to make your business the most profitable business it can be rather than just like how much money can I make in a day or?
1: And I, w- uh, I will say sort of, like something that um, I've been, I've been very lucky, like well, like I live in the Northeast, that there's been a lot of like really good businessmen who've given me their time, like, you know, where I can like sit down with them and have a cup of coffee and ask them things. And, you know, you know, I think that that's a massive opportunity that a lot of people locally, I'm not talking about like trying to get in touch with like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever, but I think there's a massive opportunity. Like, you'll know businessmen in your local areas that have built large businesses, not and it doesn't even need to be related to health and fitness or the industry that you're in, that you can probably reach out if you're
0: genuine, you know, and they will probably give you some time and oh, yeah. B- business coaching is a is, is a huge benefit yeah I, I do the same thing like you mm-hmm. said if it if i if i if i see someone who's successful in anything i'm like excuse me can i just have a conversation with you i'll happily pay for your time or you know can we go and meet can i buy you a coffee or can i buy you lunch uh, or can I, you know can i pay can i pay for an hour of your time we'll have a, a telephone conversation yeah like getting that knowledge is is golden
1: mm-hmm. um Especially ones that who will go and be frank with you as well, and tell if you telling you if your ideas are shit, mm, you know. Yeah. And
0: well, like, you, you, you want you want people that give you stuff that like want to give you homework, yeah, like uh, keep you accountable. Yeah,
1: like and it's always kind of like having that person who's like kind of like people who have generally been in business for a while. Like, generally have quite a bit of they have to output a lot of self belief as well, and they have either people around them who will tell them that they can't do things and shouldn't do things. Then there are a lot of people who tell them that they should absolutely go for everything, mm-hmm. but you need somebody who's realistic. who will kind of like have a step back and look at it and go, actually, you know, you need to be doing this or this is a terrible yeah. idea.
0: Um, e- everything's a process, whether it's fitness or business or nutrition, everything's a process. You have to, like I said, you start off as shit and then you get good and then you get great. Uh, yeah. And th- you want to talk to people who have done it. Yeah, Like don't, don't have any ego about it. like, don't don't expect to be a good businessman just by reading a couple of books, or you have a night you have an idea. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you need to you need to make sure that you'll benefit from other people's experiences.
1: Yeah, I, I, like, I just think like locally, like obviously with the world going more online and people like you know having like personal brands and stuff like that, I think a lot of people kind of like look to those people
0: mm-hmm. where really oh you you that's a that's an advantage you've got. You say eleven, 11 years having an online business, you might not even you might not even register it, how, how beneficial that knowledge you've got is that, that's, that's a, that's a marketable skill you have. It's just a
1: like compound interest of mistakes.
0: yeah but 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 anyone in anyone starting out wants to try and avoid those mistakes right yeah yeah yeah. um i mean there's 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 something to be said for going through it all yourself and making the mistakes and adjusting and uh, adapting and slowly refining your business and getting better and better and better but it's taken you 11 years if somebody if you could if you could do um, a business consultation with someone and you could save them three years of mistakes yeah, you know, how, ben- how beneficial is that to someone? Yeah. Like, exactly. you can't, you, 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 well, I was going to say, you can't put a price on that. You can put a price on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it Like, it is massive. I just think that there's a massive opportunity there for people who can, like, reach out with people who are incredibly nice. Like, anybody who's in, like, like thinking about opening, like, strength and conditioning, and I'm seeing more and more, especially within combat sports. And if they're not, like, reaching out to guys like you and Barry and stuff like that, especially, you know, like, I just... It boggles me because I was like, you've got such, like, incredible guys. You've got such a depth of, like, not only incredible knowledge within the given industry and what they do, but, like... How they've like made in like businesses and stuff like that, and transferred it. Like you know,
0: it's well. I, th- I think one of the problems is, in the the people who are successful are the people who don't have egos, and they're the people that ask the questions. But a lot of people have egos, and they don't want to ask. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it's the what's the what's the phrase when you think you're not good enough to be in the industry? The uh- oh god! Oh no, that's going to really bother me now. It's um. Imposter syndrome, is it? Imposter syndrome, yeah. yeah. There's a bit there's a bit of that going on. But you just have to have you just have to drop your ego. Ego's ego fucks you up on a lot of things, most yeah. things. You have to have no ego. But I'm just, just always always sort of had that white belt mentality. Like I'm always learning, I'm always trying to get better. I'm not the finished product, and I never will be.
1: It's yeah, it's it's definitely like even like you say, like you speak to people like all, all the time, like even like I've lucky that I speak uh, like uh, Dave Tate, probably FTS quite a lot. And mm. he incredible businessman, incredible business. And he is like, I've been able to like, he has given me his time to be able to go to him and say, look, like, Da, 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 and
0: but uh, I mean I, 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 again I have I never spoke to him but I think that's something just from watching from the outside that's something he's done for a long time he's always been he's always been very helpful to other businesses always been like encouraging of other you know small help yeah like helping other businesses grow small businesses grow and like, like entrepreneurial people think,
1: like I know. That he spent like an ungodly amount of time over the last few weeks phoning customers who bought equipment from him all over the world, Mm. talk about their business model and what they're doing for gyms and how they can get through it. Like, no one from like Rogue or anything is doing that. Like, no one from Strength Shop's doing that. Like, well, there might be actually, you know what I mean? I might, I'm full of shit there. I don't, I don't know that
0: at all. Um, well, imagine they're probably just. They're probably riding the wave of they're selling all their equipment. They put premiums on it all at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think I think like really looking after your customers to like that complete next level is is the real that shows you that shows you the level of businessman you know like he's he's not just like okay i can sell all my equipment i can add an extra couple hundred quid onto it and i can sell all my stock he's actually like ringing people and saying look this is how you can get through this this is what we can do because he knows those customers are going to be customers for life then you know he's looked after his customers
1: yeah and it's uh and it's true, like, they haven't put, like, pricing up or anything like that. Like, they have, like, you know, um, elites in the... U- like, I'll give them a bit of love, actually. Um, are in the UK now, you know, like, and selling all their equipment in the UK. And none of all those prices are going up. But still, mm. like, you know, they can't keep bands in stock. It's like Christmas. Um, mm. But, like, going back to that, like, have he even still at this day, like reads like an ungodly amount and like still of like, and takes business courses and stuff like that. And, you know, he's been mm. in business 20 years and he's still mm. got that like white belt mentality. Yeah. So it's when you look at anything, well, if guys who've got like businesses like that are doing it and I'm not doing it,
0: then, you know, that should tell you something really. Yeah. Life, lifelong learning is, is a, is a huge asset. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. I, I do that. I kind of just, I sort of try and, Delve into something deeply for a you know a while, a year more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, add, add add that string to my bow, and then I you know, move on to something else.
1: Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who, who said it. I'm terrible for doing this, but told me like when you should look at stuff like that, you should always look at like a depth and not width. Like it's no good. Like if you, you should pick something and go deep on it mm. before you move on to the next one. Obviously, there's a point of diminishing returns, but. um I think with business and stuff like that, it's something that as you start a read and things like that, you realize like how it is both simple and complex, but incredibly interesting, you know, like
0: I I still think it's, and I, 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 like I said, I made the same mistake. It's amazing how many people go into business or start a business, but have no understanding of business. Yeah um and it seems so obvious doesn't it it seems so obvious like i should study i'm i'm, I'm starting a business i should study business i should understand how business works yeah. business is like um like how do i generate income like I, I, you need to understand economics you need to understand business to have a like a really successful business like a you know a dave tate level business that's yeah. a that's now a global brand yeah. it's a global brand he sells equipment all across the world um yeah and how long has it taken him to do that but like, yeah i think i'm a
1: yeah, you've done a, a lot of work. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, that um that a lot of people don't realise how actually like you've the time it's going to take to do it. Hmm. You know, like and like I don't. I've had like a couple of emails, but not like nothing major. People saying, no, "Oh, like, well, how did you do it?" I'm looking at doing this. I was like, "Well, I put eleven years into it." Like. You know,
0: like that. You, you should, you should, you should generally come up, come up with some kind of uh, whether it's a resource or whether it's like a like consultation service. Yeah. Because you, you genuinely, even if you don't think so, because you because probably in your mind your business isn't where you want it to be, right? You're yeah, always yeah. striving for it to be better, which is good. But you're still 11 years ahead of someone who's just starting.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I've got that imposter syndrome there, where like straight away, like my mind's going, well. Who am I to tell people I would start running, you know, like doing that? But
0: Wait, were, were you all, are, you, are you somebody who has a successful business? Well, well I suppose you yeah, define success, but I think so. Well, <laughs> like, uh, a, a business is supposed to make money, right? And provide yeah, yeah. For, for you. And it does that. Yeah, kids aren't that. Whereas I'm sure there's a ton of uh, nutritionists who maybe are even more qualified, university level, um, like uh, degree level, mm-hmm. master's level nutritionists who have terrible businesses yeah, yeah, and can't make a penny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're right, mate. You are, you are, you're absolutely right. It's just, like, obviously. And,
0: and, and what, and what do a lot of those sort of people do? They end up having to go into lecturing and teaching because yeah. they can't actually, they can't actually make a business out of it.
1: Yeah. Which is insane really when you think about, it, because if you can, like, if you can teach, then you should be able to coach like, we can all remember, like, well, I know they're very, they're very different, but we can all remember like great teachers that we've had over our lifetime. You can probably count them on one hand. You know, that really got through to you.
0: Like, yeah, but but they probably didn't have a good business. And the reality yeah. is, they were they were getting paid forty thousand pound a year. Yeah, and they've they've impacted you impacted you so much. But really, they could be impacting so many more people if they just had understood had some business knowledge or had a bit of a. Um, uh, a bit of um, guidance in that area.
1: Yeah. And I think it's something that, you know, you, you touched on there before, like obviously talking about like studying economics and things like that is that at the moment, the number, the number of methods to make money and, and never be more than what there are now, but the, yeah. the principles are still the principles at the end of the day. Like you can study social media algorithms and all this kind of stuff to death, but the principles of business are still the principles that you need to know.
0: Um, well, this is like the, so I've done a lot of this. I've been re I've, I've studied this a lot, and so you, you you look at commonalities when you read books or you, you do courses. Um, so so like marketing, for instance, this is this is kind of seems to be the golden rule in marketing uh, across the board. It's as simple as do a good job and make sure people know about it. That's all it is. Yep you know, but if you're, if you're, you could be really good at, you could be really good at the advertising part of it, but you're doing a shit job. Like that, 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 that's your first step. The first step is make sure you're doing an incredible job. Like, are you getting results? Yeah. And then once you're getting, once you're getting there, just let people know. Yeah. Make sure people, make sure people know that's what you're doing. Yeah.
1: And there's definitely like something, that, especially in the nutrition field and something that I'm seeing more and more is like the personal branding gets bigger. The, the bit where getting results for clients seems to be getting smaller that you see people talking about it, but not actually showing results and things like that. Like I always say that if you're looking for a coach in any field, like ask for references, you know, like what have they done, you know, like who they work with, what results have they got, like make sure they can actually get the results that they say that it's just not, you know, great marketing and just themselves.
0: Yeah, but I mean, do do your research. Like, speak yeah. to their clients. Speak to their clients. Nowadays, you can get in touch with anybody, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're, if you're like, it's like someone's looking at you and they're interested, I oh, like Mike just like he's got a, got a good service, but oh, I'm really not sure. I don't. I'm not sure about his pricing. Mm-hmm. Just get in touch with someone that you know he works with. Mm-hmm. Like, how you know how how have you how have you found? You know, how have you benefited from what from the work you've done with Mike? That that'll be your biggest that'll be your biggest advertising.
1: Yeah. And it's you know, I think the for any business, you know, word of mouth and referrals are always going to be like, yeah. you know, yeah, of great course. Great form. But I, I love it when we like get asked for referrals and things like that. Like it doesn't happen a lot, you know, people have general um, but if they do, it's fantastic because I know that like my clients are going to do my job for me, you know what I mean? Like it's you know, I'm, and i'm I'm very very lucky that I work with some incredible athletes and incredible people um
0: but like its but there'll be a re- but there'll be a reason that they've come to you
1: yeah and it was kind of um or i I'm, I say that like you know i I do realize that like I am looking and things like that with it but I work with the kind of athletes that we do now but it wasn't ten years ago you know what I mean it was kind of like as time goes on the type of people that you work with changes and stuff like that i think a lot of people get into the industry and want to start working with like you know pro athletes like from day one i was like well that's probably not going to happen you're probably going to be working with like dave down your local club it was a two-strike white belt first for a few years but and- also you need
0: the experience yeah you need the experience. Right. You're, not, you're, you're not good enough to work with the high level guys if you can't if, if you can't help with the low level guys there's no way you're going to help the high level guys
1: yeah and sometimes a lot of it is down to experience, like, you know, especially when it comes to a lot of stuff like, you know, that we do with like weight cutting and things like that is, you know, certain like dealing with certain issues when it comes to international travel or what food types to get, or, you know, this happens. The only way that you're going to get those things is like experience. And that's in business. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why it's so important to talk to people who've been in business and done it for so long. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Big up. Thanks for listening. And till next time. So you say...